Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 545. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're coming to you from Merritt, British Columbia. Yes, we've got the full panel of boys that are up here and uh, talking, and we're ready to rock and roll and talk some football. What's going on? What's wonderful in the world? We've still got fires everywhere. Uh, Everywhere in BC, it's like lit up, man. I put up a post on my Facebook page that was kind of cool. It was like all these fires all over the BC map. And it was, this is what a, a map looks like just before you get the, the, the thing game over. And yeah, you've just been bombed. Anyhow, that's, uh, that's irrelevant. So what else is happening in the world? I, I don't know. I've been really not paying much attention to a whole pile of different things. Uh, there's a, uh, the Americans had their debate for president. That's no big deal. Let's not do that. Let's, what are we going to rant about? What, what's football's pissing you off right now? Well, it's pissing me off is the stats page still is, is useless, absolutely useless. But you can't rant about that every week because it's just the same, 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 same. We got Labor Day coming up. This is Labor Day, the uh, last long weekend of summer. Summer still going till September 22, by the way. So it's not the last weekend of summer. It's the last long weekend of summer. Uh, but it is the kind of the unofficial end of summer. The p- people don't go out to the cabins anymore, out to the lake, whatever else. Kids go back to school. And football gets real. So we've got some big, big time games coming up this week. And we're going to go for them. So I'm going to open up the mics right now. And we're going to talk some football because that's what we do. So welcome to the show, Charles. How are you doing? I'm all right. Can't complain. Uh, cooling down here in the lower mainland. And, uh, well, last two weeks have not gone exactly the way I wanted for the Lions. But, hey, this is when the real season starts. So it's almost all kind of in practice up until now. And this is when we get serious. Right, except for the fact that if uh, Winnipeg beats Saskatchewan this weekend in the Labor Day Classic, then uh, yep. they have uh, they have uh, guaranteed they a playoff position. Yeah, they've guaranteed a playoff position. Not not home field advantage, not the buy, nothing no. of that yet. But definitely they guaranteed the at, the, uh, at least a crossover at the bare minimum. Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah. Although we, we know that that's silly and ridiculous, so we're not going to really... They will obviously not be the crossover team, but they... they will not be the crossover team. Will there be a crossover team? That's a big question, isn't it? Um, it is, because it's kind of it, up it in the air right now. Yes, well, it, it could. It's up in the air. It's up in the air. Uh, the fourth place team right now is Calgary, and they've got three wins. And the third place team over in the east is Hamilton, and they have four wins. So, you know, Calgary's got to pick up their socks and get going. But then at the same thing, I, I don't think Saskatchewan's going to win very many, very many more games. So, you know, is Hamilton, is Ottawa going to be able to catch up to Saskatchewan? I don't know. Who knows? This is weird. Is Edmonton going to do you – know, are they going to put it on real strong right now? Wouldn't that be cool if Edmonton made the playoffs? 
It would. It'd be interesting. Yeah, Edmonton makes the playoffs, Saskatchewan doesn't. That's kind of my dream. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. I don't know. Okay, uh, William, you're here. Say hello. Hello. I'm here. Okay. Just just so that you know, um, both of you guys yes. sound better t- this week, okay? Charles, I can I'm using hear, my hear your words. Okay. Yeah. Very articulate and uh, very precise, and I appreciate that. And, uh, William, you you sound really good this week, too. I don't know if you did anything okay. different. Yeah, I'm using I'm using a different set of headphones. So as am I. Yeah. So both of you sound really good this week. Okay, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm sure well, Sparky's going to appreciate it too because he'll say something. So William, what's up? What's new? What's wonderful with you? Everything cool out there in Calgary? Everything is grandiose. Awesome. Living the dream. Going yeah. going to the Labor Day game this week to see Edmonton kill Calgary. Yeehaw. <laughs> Here we go, baby. I, we go, that's baby. a tough one, you know. I do, do we honestly think Edmonton's no, going to be able to do that? Oh my lord! Okay, Trey Ford is going to give them so many fits. It's not going to be funny. I'm serious. Yeah. He's uh, he's uh. He's really, really, really fast. Have you noticed? He's really fast. Yes, yes I did. Okay, and uh, I think I think uh, Calgary's defense is better than the one he played last week. But we'll see. We'll see. So, you know, it, it, if 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 my prediction at the beginning of the season was Edmonton to be in in third place, possibly second, and. I would have been right if they started Trey Ford at the beginning of the season, but this Taylor Cornelius experiment by Chris Jones just kind of threw a wrench into fucking everything. So now yeah, they got to try to catch up. Hand, but on on the other hand, if Trey Ford keeps on running like he is, he's going to get he's hurt. He's going to get hurt. There's no doubt about it. He's going to get hurt. So. Yeah, you, you never know, one way or the other. Yeah, we'll so see. We'll I see. do have my phone here on backup. I'm dialed in, so if my head headphones or microphone goes for shit, I can jump over to my backup plan. So just text me if if all of a sudden I disappear from the face of the earth, okay? Okay. You bet. Uh, you bet. Yeah. So last last in here, we got Rudy. How are you doing, bud? Good. I'm uh, getting ready to go to uh, Regina for uh, the Labor Day game. I haven't been in about 10 years, so about time to make make my return and see what's new in that sprawling metropolis. And uh, hopefully the Bombers uh, don't uh, fall victim to a uh, upset. But I mean, that game. Would, would uh, that be? An I, upset? I never. I think so. Uh, you know what? On, on Labor Day, not, I would call it a minor upset because, I mean, Winnipeg is a better team, but, I mean, records go out the window on Labor Day. I mean, even the, the old the old Stan Peters used to beat the Eskimos in the early 80s when they were in the midst of five in a row. Sometimes the staff would catch them on a Labor Day game. So, um, yeah, any, anything goes on Labor Day. So, I'm... I, I looked at I the mean, record, I, and, like, in the last 30 years... The Bombers are like won seven times. Well, they had that stretch from um, after 2003 and 2004 where they lost like tw- uh, 12 in a row. Yeah. Like, 
bomber fans stopped going because it was it was it was it was it was fucking ridiculous. It was just what's the point? There was like no uh, there was no point. And then finally Matt Nichols turned things around and and started winning some games in uh, Regina, and that kind of started this the turnaround a little bit. So now yeah, now at least it feels like we have it's a fair fight now, right? That we're you know Winnipeg's a, a much better run football team. So now it's just you know two football teams going at it. And I mean, I think Saskatchewan. Honestly, I hate to say it, their record—they're not as good as their record suggests. But they—they they found a way to be 500 at this point of the year, and and now they got some momentum after beating BC. So I mean, that's that gave them a lot of life. I wasn't all that happy to see them beat BC because knowing that they're going to be the fans will be extra fired up because that stadium is not going to be sold out for Labor Day until they won that game. Going to be a lot of bomber it's, fans there, but uh, it's not going to be that, sold out. No, no, it's going to be sold out now. I think. I think it has been for a while. I think. No, it, they only had like twenty nine thousand as a, a week, week oh, okay. ago, but it, they have they have thirty two thousand now sold. So that'll, that'll sell out. This that'll sell out by by kickoff. I think they hold thirty three thousand or thirty thirty four. Yeah, I, I know the banjo yeah, bowl so has been sold out for a bit. Yeah, for like a month. Yeah. Uh, uh, StubHub tickets. I've never seen Stub Bomber tickets and StubHub. I used to go on StubHub to get cheap tickets for like, like 10 years ago. They were like $20. For this game, for the Boundary Bowl right now, like cheapest tickets, 130 bucks. So, interesting times. And, uh, but no, I'm looking looking forward to the game. Okay, well that's cool, and 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 Will, you're going to your game. That's a fact. And uh, uh, Charles, are you going to Montreal for the BC game or no? I am not. Okay, just just check. I will watch on I, TV. I, I didn't think so, but I had to ask. So so what happened this week? Okay, we look at this. We got I bought, two I games. Two. Go ahead, Charles. As you can see, I've only been to two away games for the Lions uh, ever, actually. Both of them were at McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Yeah, okay. I guess McMahon Stadium's the stadium to go to because that's the only uh, away game I've ever been to. Yeah. Is that true? Did I go? I thought I went to one in Ottawa. No, maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Drugs may have been an issue. Um, alcohol, all sorts of things. So this week, we've got two games on Monday coming up, okay? we got the Toronto-Hamilton game in, in Hamilton on Monday. And then the, later in the day, we've got Edmonton and Calgary. And that's the one that Will's going to go to. And then what do we got? You flip to the next week, and you have a Hamilton playing Ottawa on Friday. What happened to the Labor Day back-to-back? Well, that's how it, it always used to be. Yeah, yeah, I know. So Toronto and Hamilton should go back-to-back, and then uh, BC played Montreal, then BC would go into a bye week, and Ottawa and Montreal would play. Okay? That's how it used to be. But now they don't. They split up the Hamilton. There isn't a home-and-home with Hamilton and Toronto. But Hamilton plays on three days, four days, they play Monday and they play Friday. 
Right. There's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's three days rest for them. Mm-hmm. That's fucking ridiculous. Why couldn't the Hamilton Ottawa game be done Saturday? And actually, we have three playing. games on. We have three games on and Saturday. And they're playing Ottawa that doesn't play at all this week. No, they're on a bye. Yeah. So anybody Nonsense. that picked Hamilton on that week is, is going to lose because Hamilton is going to be gassed and Ottawa is going to walk all over them. So Will's going to pick uh, Hamilton just because I know that. Probably. But, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's just like, fuck, really? Why are you doing this to these teams? They're, I mean, why is the union not saying anything? Why? Don't you think they should say, isn't this player safety and all that kind of stuff? Because they're too busy worrying about having a uh, a coaching cap, making sure that gets enforced. Yeah. But let's throw our players out on three days rest. And, and granted, that you know they're going. Hamilton is going from Hamilton to Ottawa, uh, which is not a big trek. I mean, I think you could walk mm-hmm. it, but uh, it, it's still one. You know, it's 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 still a travel. There's still travel involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh. Toronto's had all their buys used up, right? Toronto, they've had and three Toronto's, buys already, yeah. which is ridiculous. Right, and everybody says, okay, well, Toronto's top of the power rankings. That's actually one of the reasons why I wouldn't put them at the top of the power rankings. From now on in, they're going to be tired every game a little bit more. And it's going to be – honestly, if I was Toronto, I would start coming up with – I wouldn't say fake injuries, but we're going to hold out Chad Kelly for a game for precautionary reasons. We're going to hold out certain players for precautionary reasons because just to give them rest because they'll be – they they won't be playoffs. Will, they won't be ready. They'll be they'll be beat up. Well, look at the standings in the East. Okay, eight and one Toronto, six and four Montreal. Montreal has way more wins than they should have. Okay, Hamilton is four and six, and Ottawa is three and eight. So Toronto really can't let up off the gas that much. You, you know, know what I mean? Montreal a couple more times. Yeah. Yeah. Or Montreal has to lose a few more games. I mean, at least in the East, in the Western Division, everybody's in the same amount of games, right? Saskatchewan's one that's had two buys already, but everybody else has just had one. Where Toronto's actually no. had all three of theirs. There are only nine games they played. Now, is the schedule out of whack because the East teams obviously requested to play? more games in their Eastern Conference. So is that why things are extra screwy? I'm not saying I, that I think things, that that's a conspiracy I mean, theory. Um, I'm, I'm not buying it, okay? Uh, what happened was that uh, during COVID and all of that sort of stuff, they tried to keep travel on the airlines to a minimum for everybody. Uh, back in... in uh, you can pretty much take the train or a bus and, you know, you could charter a yeah. bus and go around or you can even charter a plane and it's really, it's a 20 minute flight from Toronto to Ottawa, right? 
Um, so, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what happened is I think they kept the travel to a minimum during COVID and which is over, right. Even though they're trying to make a comeback with it right now. Um, but you know, it, it, it just continuing with this, this heavy Eastern or heavy divisional, um, schedule has to stop. You cannot have teams in 18 games and, and nine teams in the league and only playing one team once, you know, a team once. I mean, Toronto only plays Winnipeg once. They only play BC once. If, if I was a conspiracy theorist, then I would say that, you know, they're, they're trying to protect Toronto from the strongest teams in the league. No, I think it's for Logan. travel costs. Yeah. I, was, I think I, I, that's what I heard. I heard that they wanted to reduce travel costs, and that's why. And what else would it be? It makes no other sense. It doesn't make well, any sense. Well, it, 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 you've got three reasons. They're reducing travel costs. They're protecting Toronto from, from the, the strong Western teams. And or they're just trying to uh, limit, uh, reduce or limit travel, period, uh, for health regulations or health, health concerns, which probably makes the most amount of sense. Okay? You, you can't build a schedule for, for, um, to save travel costs. That, that's illogical. You can't, you can't do that to the detriment of your league. But I don't know. They did. William, you're in the you're in the shadows. Why is the schedule so fucked up? Um, the schedule's been fucked up for a number of years now. Yeah, four um, of them. Not quite. Not quite sure why. Um, the three days rest for Hamilton is is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but. These are the things we have been learning to love about the CFL. And I don't know why, but I don't think they'll ever change. You don't so, think it's going to go back? No. 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 Is that so, interesting? We'll see what happens. Yeah, it, yeah, is I anybody... Just, it's... it's it's stuff that's out of our control, and 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 there's no there's no rhyme or reason behind it. But I'm sure it's stupid. If you if you if you sat down with Randy Ambrosi, he would give you a legit reason. I'm sure because he's a very intelligent commissioner. So you know, it doesn't sound at all like sarcasm. It, it, when we're online, we can, we can't really tell what sarcasm or not. But yeah. <laughs> We're, we're on the no, podcast. That, that, I'm telling you right now, that was sarcasm. <laughs> we, we know that we can tell when there's sarcasm happening here. Hey, did anybody notice? Is anybody surprised that we haven't had a tie yet this year? No, I guess we haven't, have we? We have not had a tie. We've had a couple of games go into overtime, but they've all been won. Um, but. One other thing, have you ever have you noticed that a lot of games are like the score is six to three at halftime? Yeah, there's a, been a lot of low scoring first half, and then going into the second half, and there's a lot more scoring. But yeah, there ha- I've noticed, that I have noticed. Yeah, it, well, isn't it usually the, kind of, the first of, quarter the the teams come out they 
they, they, they try to score first. They try to score often, you know, the first quarters. And, you know, even even some of the BC games where they just annihilated teams like uh, it went, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, they, they would score points in the first three quarters and then take their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. But I've never seen games where it's six to three at halftime. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, last week's games, they were pretty high, high scoring, weren't they? Yeah, but not early on. Not, not, not early be, on, not, you know. Yeah. Was it, wasn't the BC game 10-6 at halftime or something like that? Yep. Or 10-3? Yes, it was, I think it was 10-3 at halftime. I, I'm going there right now, and I'll tell you. It was 10-3 at halftime for Hamilton. Okay. Yep. And uh, and it was every bit that boring, by the way. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, Edmonton, Ottawa was seventeen to five. Yeah, not a high scoring. Yeah, no. And the Toronto game, which kind of was out of. It just was a score fest, 39-31 final, but it was uh, 24-21 at half. So that, well, that's there's actually, some points there. Yeah, there's some points there. And yeah. then we got that um, Winnipeg game, Winnipeg-Montreal game, which was Montreal just got thrashed. And it was it was only 20, it was 20 to 17 at halftime. It was like really an equal game. And then Montreal didn't score anymore. Well, that was because Caleros was throwing touchdowns for both teams. Okay, so let's let's go over these games, and we're going to start right away with that Montreal Winnipeg game. And uh, it was a high-scoring game, and like I said, it was kind of evenly matched back and forth through the first half. And then uh, I did just just like, what the hell? Winnipeg put their foot down and and drove away. Because it was a, absolutely a nightmare for Montreal in the second half. They got no points. They got 27 points scored on them. Uh, where the hell was Standback? I mean, rushing yards? I mean, 42, 42 yards on 14 attempts? I mean, come on. you got to give them the rock, right? When in doubt, rush the ball. <laughs> And it was just, it was not, not a good thing. It was just not happening for them at all. Uh, tons of penalties and a uh, couple of turnovers. But that was it. It was nothing major. I mean, Montreal just showed that they were not a very good team. Cody Fajardo was, is not a good quarterback. And uh, Jason Moss has come out publicly and said that there is zero chance that he's going to do a quarterback change. It's going to be Cody Fajardo for the BC Lions. And to me, I, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Matthew Betts, meet Cody Fajardo. <laughs> Come on back and see him several times today. I guess he has. <laughs> Where have yeah. we seen this story before? Earlier on in the season. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was a I can't say it was an interesting game. It was just, okay, well, this is what's going to happen, and this is what happened. And nobody was surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, none of us picked Montreal to beat Winnipeg, so you know it's, it's no big surprise here. So Charles, go ahead, talk about this one. Uh, well, this one was not uh, what I would call a a great game by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the the Montreal uh, offense was just ineffective. And you would have thought that they might have had a bit of a jump, uh, a bit of a spark, because this game started so terribly for the um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers with uh, Zach Kolaris throwing a pick six on the first play of the game. And you almost thought to yourself, oh, is this going to be one of those games where they just uh, where they just collapse inside right, right from the get-go? And it looked like that for a while, because then again he throws another pick six, and you start thinking, oh, is this gonna? This is gonna be one of those nights. And then it's like Montreal just hit the brakes, and Winnipeg hit the gas in the second half. Uh, it was uh, hang on, 20, hang uh, on, hang was, on. What? Hang on. How many points did Montreal offense score? Zero. No, they got three points. Okay, three. They got a field goal. They got a field goal. So you just said Montreal took their foot off the gas. Well, I guess it was did, never really did they on. Did ever have it on? I guess not. But I mean, at halftime, it was twenty to seventeen. It was still uh, pretty much a competitive game at the half. And then Montreal just did nothing at all. Well, they did nothing in the first half, offensively anyway. Their defense scored two touchdowns, but their offense just never got going at all. Uh, Cody Fajardo was atrocious in this game. And their offense in general is a I'm starting to think now that William Stanback is finished as a running back. They had 42 yards rushing in this game. There's it nothing there compared to 196 of the Bombers. The Bombers just put the pedal to the metal in the second half and just steamrolled them. And they should because they're a significantly better team than the Alouettes are. It shouldn't have been that close at halftime. But they took over and they got uh, – they got the shift righted because they were really kind of um, inconsistent in the first half, but the second half was all all Winnipeg. So they were they were full value for it in the second half. And Montreal, if it wasn't for the defense scoring, they would have gotten what three points. They're they're not ready for prime time. Sorry about that, but they're not close. I'm really not impressed with Winnipeg so much in this. Yes, they scored 47 points. Actually, they probably scored uh, 61 points if you count the two touchdowns for Montreal. Yes. Um, but uh, where am I? I? I had something here. There we are. Uh, only 251 passing yards for Zach Caleros, although the 196 yards rushing was amazing. Uh, total offense was 441. What's that? I just say it's a pretty balanced attack. Yeah, it's very balanced, very very balanced. But it, 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 the same thing is that you know it, it's a quarterback passing league, right? Quarterback driven league, and why aren't Winnipeg just didn't perform in that category? I'm not dissing them in any way, shape, or form. They it was total and complete dominance. Um, but uh. Yeah, you would have thought that they uh, the sack would have thrown for more yards. Just my humble opinion. 
Rudy, you can address this. Well, yeah, I, I was just going to say, if you're running the football at will, why would you throw the football? So that's, I mean, there was no need to risk, especially the way he threw it in the first quarter. Um, Zach is getting a little bit, like, he's got to settle down a little bit. Uh, even the Edmonton game in the first quarter, he's rolling out deep, and I don't know why they're doing that. Like, I just, I just think just, you have playmakers on offense. Just a quick quick drop, throw the ball, and let your guys do their work downfield. No need to, to complicate matters. And then, uh, and as for Montreal, yeah, they've got their offense has scored six points against the Bombers in two games. So, I mean, they're not they're, – they're overrated. They got, they got humbled on, the, on offense. And uh, if Moss stays with Fiardo, that's – you know, in the East Division, that'll work. That'll get them to the playoffs, but that's not going to get them anywhere. That won't. That won't. That won't get them a victory over Toronto in the East final. And uh, and yeah, Winnipeg. They're getting healthy. They're getting some guys back this week. So I I, I think you might see a, an actual full sixty minute performance coming up soon. I'm hoping, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I don't see Winnipeg relinquishing uh, first place now. I think they'll they'll be hosting the West final. I think that's... William. Uh, they certainly got the upper hand. Right, 100% they did. But how how did how's Montreal won six games, you know? Is it just playing the shitty shitty teams in the league? Of course it is. They're in the east, yeah. Of course it is. William, what do you got to say on this game? Well, and and I don't know why they wouldn't include this in the stats, Christopher, but Zach Kolaris had well over 250 yards passing if you include the two pick sixes that he gave the other team. They should have that on his yardage as well. Okay, so he would have minus 350 it. yards. Anyways, um... You know what? Winnipeg, obviously Winnipeg is still the class of the league. And you can say, you know, they didn't show as well as they should have and blah, 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 blah. But bottom line is they get two points every week. They get two points every week. I I don't like uh, – what's what's, what's, the, what's Winnipeg's running back's name? Oliveira? Is it Oliveira? Yeah. Yeah, Brady yeah. Oliveira. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big Brady Oliveira fan because he's he's not. He does not have the pizzazz that uh, that. Uh, oh my lord! What was Andrew Harris. Running back's name. The last as Andrew, Andrew Harris. Harris had. Right, but you know what? He goes. He goes straight forward, back and forth, and he's actually a pretty good running back. So. And he showed that, and I think it's it's only going to get better with the year. And Montreal and Cody Fajardo, I don't think anything of Cody Fajardo. So, I mean, it was obviously obvious why they didn't win. And Winnipeg just knocks down the two points every week, and they're going to have trouble. I still think they're going to have trouble later on down the road because they've already clinched playoff spots. And it's really hard to stay motivated. So, but but we'll see. but we'll but see. if but BC gonna, can if BC can stay pace with them, then they're still fighting no, for that tie. The 
They're going to win the West. There's a game. I guarantee you. Well, there is a there is a game in BC. So, I forgot about that. When they does that's going to yeah, BC. Yeah, there so. is. But that'll be uh, they'll all be up for that game, and we'll see who the conquering hero is. And I'm sorry, but we'll get to the BC game eventually. Go ahead. Okay. I, just, I was just going to say, sorry, I was going to add one thing. I just think that if Winnipeg loses Saskatchewan this week, then it's all back to uh, being wide open. So I think this is a big game. This is a key game for BC, Winnipeg, how it's going to shake down. If Winnipeg takes care of business against Saskatchewan, then I think. But it's a big if. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big week of football. There's no question about that. Okay, so the final score here was Winnipeg 47, Montreal 17. And, and actually, it's Montreal 3, but because they got two pick sixes. So the defense scored 14, the offense scored 3. Or, you know, special teams scored 3, but they got there because of the offense. Okay, anyhow, it was a terrible game. Depends on your perspective, I guess. A complete blowout. Total points was 64. Everybody picked Winnipeg. Charles, you got zero points, 100, 100 points. Will got 100 points. CJ got 110. And Rudy got 124. He actually went high on this one with 55. The over-under on it was like 42 or something, so it was pretty low. Uh, definitely went, went over on that one. Okay, the next game up, which was uh, a little bit more of a barn burner, uh, it, it was a uh, Calgary went into Toronto, and you know it was kind of one of those things like why couldn't Calgary just win this game? And it's the same thing that they did the the week before. They lost the game by one point. Do you remember that? When when was this? This was in uh, week eleven. They were playing playing Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg beat them nineteen eighteen. I mean, seriously, Calgary, why couldn't you just scored a couple more points? And, and they probably should have, but that's beside the point. Um, so this week here, they went into Toronto, and uh, they played back and forth, and there was a lot of lead changes in this game, if I remember correctly. And uh, it just – it just – Calgary's just finding ways not to finish, and I don't, don't understand it. I, I really – I thought Calgary was going to be a better team this year. Will told us right at the beginning of the season that they weren't going to be. But, you know, both Will and Sparky said that the Toronto DBs are going to be the, the Achilles for for Calgary this year. I really don't think they're playing that poorly. The rest of the team's not really stepping up. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a back-and-forth game, and... Toronto ended up taking this one and taking it hard. And uh, we're, we're I'm flipping over to the stats right now. So waiting for uh, CFL.ca stats to come up. Uh, both teams were close to 400 yards in passing. Uh, Toronto had was running the rock a lot better. I mean, that, that that's just a fact. Uh, Calgary, didn't Calgary, you, don't you guys have a couple of really good running backs there, Will, like Mills? And uh, some other guy, and it just—you just not—it's just not happening. I don't know. So, uh, William, you go ahead and talk about this game. 
just beat Toronto. Well, it always it always seems the same way every year, every game this year. When when they lose a close game, one of their units lets them down. It's either the defense or the offense or special teams. Against Toronto, it was a special teams touchdown that that let them down. Okay, they went toe to toe with Toronto on offense, and they didn't run the ball much, Christopher, because Dave Dickinson took over the play calling. Okay, and he never runs the fucking ball. Okay. And and Kadeem Carey was also hurt, um, but they still had Mills, but they didn't run the ball that much. Um, you know what? Jake Mayer, like he had some weeks, he looked like a superstar. He was chucking that ball, and there's no doubt about it that he can throw the ball, but he seems to screw it up sometimes. And against Toronto, he didn't screw it up at all in my mind. Um, and Toronto, they played well enough to win, and it was a special teams tackle, special teams touchdown that was the difference. And I don't know, I don't know what what Calgary's going to do for the rest of the season. You never know. I mean, they could, in reality, I think they're three and eight. They could very easily be eight and three, but they're not. So. I still, uh, I still don't think uh, they. The, the biggest thing for them is the consistency of lineup, and they haven't had it this year. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. They lost. That's all that matters. Yeah. Go ahead. There's five teams in the CFL right now that are over 500 football, 500 better football. You couldn't say that two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, there was only three. It's kind of weird. Okay. Charles, go ahead. Uh, really, Calgary reminds me of one of those teams that during the season is like, yeah, well, yeah, we may be such and such. We may be uh, three and eight, but we've lost like five games by less than five points. Well, the fact is you lost. It's nice to be close, but you're not playing horseshoes here. Who cares? Uh, Calgary just, for whatever reason, they they can stick with the teams for most of the game, but they just more often than not don't get over the top, uh, depending on you know who they end up playing. It's just uh, they're one of those teams that are good, but just not good enough. They're not terrible, but they're not great either they're they're mediocre and they play like that and um they've been able to stick with calgary uh twice now uh excuse excuse me stick with toronto twice now they got the one win uh in calgary but this one they just uh came up a little bit short the the on the uh the punt return touchdown was kind of the difference maker there so that's kind of where that that toronto again They've got such a good record, but almost none of them have been like blowouts and so on like that. Very few of them. They've always been close games. The um, uh, Will, Will said that Toronto could very easily be eight and three. Toronto could very easily be under five hundred with all the different close games. They've been able to pull mo- the majority, almost all of them out. But the bounce here and the bounce here, and that record could look quite different right now. But they, you. you 
you got to go, like Will said, the only important thing's the W, and that's uh, what uh, is important. And, hey, the um, the Argos have been getting it, so you got to give that to them. Rudy, sorry. Hello. Your turn. Go. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Hello, yeah. If you don't hear um, from me, you just you know what your position is? Like, Will went first, no, then Charles, no, it, then you just no, start it talking. Sounded, okay? no, it, sounded, it sounded like I was disconnected or something. I wasn't sure. Um, you know what? This game, you know, it's like every week Calgary, it's like their, their team takes turns at having one issue. Like, against Winnipeg, they couldn't move the football. They couldn't get that touchdown. The defense played well. Then against Toronto, all of a sudden their secondary were, were leaky and their and the Argos were getting in behind them and kept on Calgary would make a good drive downfield, get a touchdown, but Toronto would keep answering and it just wore out Calgary and I mean their you know, I think their confidence isn't very high to begin with, so kind of just wore them down and I and to say and saying Toronto's uh, secondary was pretty bad too. So uh, it was a wide open game because of some shoddy defense, but uh, yeah, you know the Argos uh, once again, kind of like the Bombers, found a way to win and uh, full march for the victory. And I think Calgary right now has to sweep Edmonton to have any chance of the playoffs. That's what I, my thoughts. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm kind of muting my phone here because there's uh, uh, some noise in the background, so I'm trying to limit the noise that's coming out in the, over the radio and everything else. But anyhow, we'll just kind of finish this one off. The Toronto Argonauts beat the Calgary Stampeders 39-31 for 70 points total. Uh, Charles, you took Toronto. You got 100 points. Will took Calgary. He got zeros. CJ took Toronto at 100 uh, Rudy took Toronto at 100. We all went low on this one, and uh, it wasn't. It went definitely on the overside of things. The third game was the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats coming into PC Play Stadium to play the BC Lions. This is the feline battle, and uh, I'm going to mute my mic. Charles, go ahead. Couldn't we have just forgotten about this game? Because this game was really, really hard to watch, not only because... I'm a Lions fan, and they lost to a third-string quarterback again, but also because this game was actually really, really boring. Uh, Hamilton had success with, like, the most basic offense you could find. Uh, Give credit where credit is due. Scott Milanovic um, put up a pretty good uh, playbook to get the most out of – Taylor, uh, what's his name? I still don't know what the guy's name is. Uh, the guy, from the quarterback, Taylor. Uh, Powell. Scott, I don't know what his name is. Powell, Powell thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. I couldn't remember. I kept wanting to say Prescott. I don't know why. Uh, but he didn't do anything fancy, but he didn't do anything exciting either. A lot of this crap was underneath stuff, uh, you know, short passes, passes out of the backfield. I don't think I could count. Um, I think I could count on the number of um, number of times on my hands Hamilton went downfield with the pass, and I'd probably have fingers left over. 
But having said that, the BC Lions defense was not adjusting to it. I don't know why. Because it kind of got repetitive what they were doing, but the Lions, the the, the Ticats were getting away with it. And the Lions' offense was moving the ball pretty good between, uh, you know, each 30-yard line. But then they, they would they would collapse and of course right off the bat the first Lions drive of the game they're moving the ball really well they're third and yes less than a yard and Dominic Davis gets stopped and then um, what's his name second week in a row that Terry Williams has fumbled on a punt they're making stupid mistakes uh, that they shouldn't be making and it's costing them and the Lions do not get into the end zone until the last part of the fourth quarter uh, because they always got down, and they, they, the Lions were flat as a pancake in this one. I thought after their f- strong finish in Saskatchewan, coming back home, that they were going to come out and they were actually going to uh, have some momentum. They had none of that. It was really, really uh, a bad game. It was just a, a case of a team that I think just, I don't know if they didn't want to play or... They were, I think, uh, the same thing that happened to them in the first half against Saskatchewan the week before caught up to them again here, thinking, hey, we're playing against uh, uh, a low-life team with a third-string quarterback. All we're going to have to do is show up and win. It's not like that, folks. You can't do that. Um, you go and you, you, you play this team that you should beat. You should beat probably pretty easily. And you lay an egg. You can't just show up and expect a victory. And I think a little bit of that creeped into the BC game again this week. And it's the second week in a row, which is kind of disturbing. They've got to get this ship righted. They've got to get a turnaround. Their defense, ever since the one blowout in Hamilton, their defense has not been the same. And they've got to get back to the way they were playing in the first, you know, five, six weeks of the season. And they've gotten away from that. And I know that they can do it because we've seen them do it. But they've got to turn this around because... Like I said, Hamilton was not playing, doing any sort of spectacular offensive play. They were running a very basic offense, but they were effective in doing it. And the other thing is the Lions' run defense has got to get better because James Butler ran right through them all, all, all game. It would be, you know, I would love to see James Butler on the BC Lions. I would love to. Oh wait, right, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, that was it. It was just a flat. It was exactly. Yeah, that was kind of my point. It was a flat BC Lions team that again uh, are starting to read their uh, press clippings a little bit, and they kind of phoned it in and thought they could get away with it. And well, you didn't. So that was that. Hamilton, I'm sure, is celebrating the win. I think they might, should probably enjoy this because I don't think they're going to get many more this week or this year. But, uh, yeah, it was a really disappointing game for Lions fans. You know, it, I mean, BC did put um, – uh, Vernon Adams did put up 326 yards. The problem is is we can't stop the run, we don't have a run, and we really don't have a return game. We're really mm-hmm. not getting a lot of return game. Now We haven't had a return did, game for two years. I, I know, I know, I know. Why did we go third and – 10 with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because it seemed like they were getting getting desperate and wanted to make something happen. I thought that was stupid too, but they went for it. Not only did they not get it, they threw an interception. 
it 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 made no sense. <clears throat> no, it didn't make any sense. You know, kick the it was fucking a bad, ball. Dumb idea. Yeah. You know, kick the fucking ball. I don't know. You got They they can't run. They can't stop the run. They can't get a return game. And they're and they're doing dumbass shit. And and that's coaching. So I mean, yep. it it seems like we've been talking about every team out there. Like Saskatchewan's got a that has lost games because of dumbass coaching. Bob Dice in Ottawa's does thrown a couple of games away because of coaching. Dave Dickinson in Calgary. Uh, Jason Moss in Montreal. It, I guess it was Rick Campbell's turn because that was a bonehead move. Not, not that I think that that one move made a difference in this game. I mean, they no. were totally dominated by the Toronto Ticats, and I can't actually believe that I just said that. <laughs> and it, and I'm, I'm serious. They were dominated by the Toronto Tiger Cats. Oh, God. Rudy, go ahead. Talk about this game. Find something nice to say. Oh, you guys owe me $20 for the bet I placed on the DC Lions. <laughs> Don't blame me. I was playing. <laughs> to cover. Never mind get blown out. Um, that was, uh, I was like, okay, first half to just sleep and they'll wake up. And, uh, no, they didn't. Um, my question would be if there's another game like this, uh, when does Dane Evans get the, get the call to maybe, uh, try and shake things up? There won't be another game sure like this. Well, okay. and I don't really I think, think quarterbacking yeah. was the issue. It wasn't. No, the issue was on defense. Yeah. The issue was on defense. Well, and then I mean, I mean, thir- yeah, some drop passes too, and but with thirteen points, we're going to cut it. No, of course not. So, but uh, yeah, you know what though? If you're if a team is is good and and you lose two games in the middle of the season, sometimes it's a good wake up call because you know you you haven't really lost anything. You're still going to be in the playoffs. And you're still gonna have a one-game shot to probably get to the Great Cup. You know what I mean? You're not. You're gonna whoever finishes second is gonna beat Saskatchewan or whoever Calgary or God knows whoever comes out of the, that mess. But so I mean, at the end of the day, it's gonna be Winnipeg, BC in the in the, in the West Final, and I'm sure BC doesn't want to come here to play it. But I mean, it's not always minus thirty here in November. So doesn't matter. It's not the temperature. It's the crowd. Yeah. No, no, that's true. And but I mean the CFL is a very forgiving, very forgiving season, right? I mean eighteen games. I mean you can every team goes through ups and downs. But I mean if it continues then yeah, yeah, if they lose their next game badly, then yeah, then there's big big time concern for B C. They've got they three losses in the last four games. Yeah, they might be fighting with Saskatchewan for uh for a second. I don't think so. So I don't think so. I think they'd be fighting with Edmonton before they're fighting with Saskatchewan. Well, Edmonton's got a long way to come, though. Edmonton only had, they only had two wins. I mean, I think the well, we'll be talking about it, but I think whoever, if if you're Edmonton or Calgary, I think both those teams have to sweep a split, and both those teams are probably that's the worst case scenario. They one of those teams has to win both. A split basically then, gives Saskatchewan third place. Yeah. No. Yeah, so it uh, splits, uh, 
if they can take Winnipeg, it does. Yeah. This is where one division would be really would be really fun. If they had one division, the the playoff race the playoff race would be amazing right now. It'd be it'd be fun to watch. You know, so many different scenarios. Going on the last I mean, game of the season for sure. I mean, if if, if Calgary and Edmonton split <laughs> and Winnipeg t- steals the two from Saskatchewan, it's really close yeah. race. Edmonton is really not that yeah. far off. No. And if if Edmonton can sweep Calgary, then they're tied. You know, they're 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 right up there with Saskatchewan. And if Calgary sweeps Edmonton, they're tied with Saskatchewan. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why I so, said start. Calgary needs a sweep. Either one needs a sweep. Yeah. But you know, if and we, I mean, we need a split in Winnipeg what? is what we really need. Yeah. But and for Hamilton, I mean, that just breathes new life into their season. They're ready to, I think, pull like they're ready to wave the white flag in Hamilton. That just gave him a, that gave him a reprieve for now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know what? I think, I think Toronto, they better buckle up because Hamilton, Hamilton will be coming on, on Monday. I think that, that could be an upset there. It would be interesting. I, I would like enjoy that. You know, like, like you said, buckle up his chin strap on this one. Argos because uh, Hamilton's coming with some force. Now we're going to find out whether or not Toronto is as good as their their record is, right? Because personally, I think yep. they they're grossly overrated right now. And uh, if Hamilton's got a, a a little bit of life to him right now, it fuck, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Yeah, but, and but it's a must win for Hamilton. Oh. Yeah, because of the short rest, right? This is basically a this is basically, this could be a playoff game for Hamilton. Yeah, they, they have to do okay. this, and then and then they they uh, Toronto plays Montreal next week, and they play the week after, so they have home and home with with Montreal. So there's another couple of wins for Toronto. No win for me. Yeah. William, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? You can't. I don't. I don't think you can blame. I don't think you can blame BC for losing um, too much because, let's face it, Hamilton lost to Edmonton. Okay. And then they played BC in BC. How did you expect BC to think that Hamilton had any chance? Okay, they didn't. And you know, it was ten three at halftime. And 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 in the first half I could tell B C didn't want to be there. And then I would have thought that, that Campbell would have read them the right act at halftime and they would have come out gangbusters and blew Hamilton up. But that didn't happen. Hamilton blew them up. So, um, and I think uh, I think maybe uh, Butler was saying, hey, guys, 
there was somebody else in the offensive backfield last year other than Nathan Rourke, and that was me, and I made Nathan Rourke much better because I was back there because he played a great game too, and he ran all over BC. So, I mean, put it in the books, chalk it up as, oops, we fucked up, and yeah, move yeah. on because the nice thing is, you're in a you're in the Western Division with fucking Calgary and Edmonton and Saskatchewan. You got nothing to worry about. Nothing at all. No. no. Uh I, I don't disagree with that. Uh Charles Butler is one of the best backs in the CFL right now. If he's not number one, he's number two. Uh I, I definitely think he's better than that guy in Toronto. And, uh, yeah, and he wanted big dollars, and he got them in Hamilton. BC wouldn't pay it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we've always said, you know, don't pay your backs a lot of money. Don't pay your receivers a lot of money because they're a dime a dozen. Go find another one. Well, that's the problem is sometimes you just don't find another one. And Sorry, Mizzle, I have one more I- I have one more thing to say since you brought it up, okay? That is the ugliest fucking haircut on the face of the earth, and that guy should be banned from the league for wearing his hair like that. He looks like a fucking moron. Who? Toronto's running back, okay? I think it's Winnipeg's running back. Doesn't that look stupid, or is it Toronto's running back? No, Toronto's running back. That fucking, what's his name? The Canadian Oulet? short guy. What's his name? They call yeah, him Oulette, Oulette, but it's, or whatever. It, it, it's Oulet. I mean, I mean, you live in Toronto for fuck's sake. It's probably the fashion capital of Canada. Can't you get Montreal. a decent haircut, you mutt? Montreal. Can't you get a decent haircut, you mutt? Come on. Anyways. No. Fashion capital of Canada would be Montreal. Sorry, I meant to say the center of the universe, Toronto. Yes, yes that's correct there. Yeah, you, you, you're correct on that one. Okay. Okay, so let's uh, just ditch this game here. Which game are we talking about right now? Are we talking about this BC game? We are. Like Charles said at the beginning of this, can't we just forget about this fucker? <laughs> Hamilton 30, BC 13, total points of 43. Charles, you took BC. You got 24 points. Willie, you took BC. You got 40 points. You're very close on the score. Uh, CJ picked BC. He got 32. And Rudy got BC at 20 points. So that was uh, that's a loss straight across the board for everybody there. Now the next game, which was the Ottawa-Edmonton game. Now, Edmonton was on a 22-game home losing streak, and Ottawa Red Blacks came into Edmonton to play the Elks. Edmonton was coming off a win. Ottawa is just kind of treading water in this season. Um, although they do have this new new uh, quarterback. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Victor Crumb from Harry Potter, but um, <laughs> I don't know what his first name is. Dustin. Dustin Crumb, I think. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I think Ottawa has been playing some pretty good football lately. It was going to be a tight game. This was probably going to be the hardest game to pick out of the week, and it was. Uh, and uh, it could have gone either way, and it didn't. 
it went the way it should have been, which was an Edmonton victory, and that was pretty cool. It was a decent game. I was watching this one going back and forth, and I'm going, oh, well, man, is Edmonton going to hold on? When are they going to fucking screw up? When, you know, they're, they're leading this game through the third quarter. When are they going to do something stupid and lose this game? And they didn't, and they didn't, and it just, just kept going. Trey Ford is an amazing little um, quarterback. I, I'm not – I like him. I like his talent. I like his abilities. He's, he's quick. He runs. He's got good vision of the field. I don't honestly think he's good enough on a high level in this league. And I think that's always been the problems with the Canadian quarterbacks is they can't take that next step, right? Nathan Rourke was, is the exception because it's really hard to call him a Canadian quarterback. He's Canadian by passport alone. But I just don't think Trey Ford, he's, he's got what it takes to be a quarterback, but he's just a perennial backup. But if you don't have a really good quarterback, he can come in and play for you, which is what Edmonton is doing right now. But he's never going to be able to take on the BC, the, Ed, the Winnipeg, maybe the Toronto. It, it, it's, it's, he's just not there. And is it because he's young? Is it because he's inexperienced? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Rudy, going to let you go first on this one. What's your take, Edmonton, Ottawa? Um, yeah, I, I was. I wanted to see if uh, Ford could uh, win a game with his arm, and uh, he could. So that 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 impressed me that he actually threw the ball downfield, and because he's going to have to, because if he keeps running the way he's running. He's not going to last. So I think he's going to have to start throwing the football even more than he did against Ottawa. But it's a start, and it's uh, encouraging. And if Edmonton's defense keeps playing well and they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they'll be they'll be fine. Uh, Crum might get killed from Ottawa. He, Ottawa has their, uh, their D-line – sorry, their O-line doesn't do a good job protecting him, and he takes a lot of big hits. And uh, – and their secondary. Ottawa secondary is the worst maybe in in all of football, including high school and <laughs> European league. It's it is atrocious. It's been bad all year and they've won games in spite of their secondary with uh you know, their I think their defensive line they get after the quarterback. But uh oh no, it's it's like there's guys wide open at all times. You just gotta Give your quarterback an extra second to throw, and you know what? Ottawa's finished. So, if that doesn't get fixed, and, and Bobby Dice, you know what? Good guy. He's not a head coach. Be a great assistant, but he's not a head coach. That's that's my thoughts. When I came. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't argue with that one. William. Yeah, well, you know what? You can you can say whatever you want about about Trey Ford um, if you don't think he's going to take the next step. But um, this has been his third and fourth, or no, this has been his second and third game in the CFL. Okay. Yes, so I know. I understand. I think he's i I think he's looked pretty good for only having one other game. Um, I think he can get to the next level. But there's something about him 
I think what I think he is, I think he's a leader, okay, as opposed to the other guys that have been out there. I think the offense plays for him, and I think he, I think he believes in himself, and that is confidence is half the battle. And I think from this point on, they're going to win more games than they lose. To be honest with you, yeah. and uh, um, in that game, he did all the right things. He ran when he was supposed to. He threw the ball when he was supposed to. Ottawa, Ottawa just doesn't have enough, and I don't think they have had enough all year. And so Edmonton won, which I expected them to win. But I picked Ottawa because I wanted to catch up to you guys. So that's not how you catch yeah, up. I, I think, I think, I think Trey Ford. Um, I think Trey Ford. Considering, okay, you got to consider something else, guys. You consider the shit quarterbacks we have in the CFL right now. Trey yeah. Ford looks pretty good for a guy who's oh, only played three games. Hundred percent, he does. Hundred percent. I mean, it, Dustin Crum in Ottawa doesn't look so bad either compared to what they have in Saskatchewan and Hamilton and Montreal. And, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Charles. Do you take that? Do you, sorry, do you, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Speak your mind real no, quick. Ahead, no, I was going to ask. I was going to ask the question. Do you think that uh, Ford's actually more fired up at his own coach and that's why he's playing well in spite of Chris Jones because I mean I don't think that relationship is very healthy and I think it's more like right now it's a big like middle finger to to Chris Jones that's my thought well I don't think you're wrong I think he has to come out and prove that he is the better quarterback and I, I don't think that that's because he's a Canadian I don't think that's because of any other reason other than the fact that he he wasn't in a position to be successful. And so he's got an opportunity right now and he has to take advantage of it. And if he doesn't take advantage of it, then he's, you know, not going to be in this league much longer. Cause I don't think anybody else would give him much of a chance. Uh, it, it was a, it was a dumb move by Chris Jones to uh, delegate or uh, anoint uh, Taylor Cornelius, the number one starting guy, it was stupid for him to pay him $400,000 for a year. Uh, it was just absolutely ridiculous all, on all grounds. And, and you know, I, personally, I think they should release him. And if they don't do it this week, then they're going to have to guarantee a salary for the rest of the year. Because it, it's Labor Day, right? I mean, if you've still got the guy on the roster, you you have to guarantee a salary for the rest of the season. But why would you keep why would you keep that guy on on salary? Why? The other thing is, Chris Jones. Chris Jones didn't even like uh, (laughs) what's his name? Oh my lord! Why did I forget his name all of a sudden? BC's last quarterback, Christopher. Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Chris Jones didn't even like Mike Riley, and he won a great cup with him, okay? He doesn't like quarterbacks. So I think he believes that he believes that his his defense should be on the field all the fucking time. And so 
if if you're a quarterback in, in on a Chris Jones team, you're secondary. It's that simple. Yeah. Did you did you hear uh, Chris Jones' quote though? He 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 compared uh, Dustin Crum, the quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks, to Mike Riley. He said that he greatly reminded him of, of the way that Mike plays. That's pretty high praise for somebody that that, that hasn't been all that successful yeah, but why, over there. But why? But why wasn't he praising his own fucking quarterback? Don't know. I didn't he won see the any. game. Come on. Yeah, he, he, he called like, the foul. He, he may have done that. I didn't see it. I didn't hear anything. So yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have made news, so it wouldn't really matter. Okay, let's get back to Charles because it's his turn. Yeah. Boy, about three or four weeks ago, people were high. Uh, high Step up to the mic, Charles. Oh, sorry, I had moved that up there. Sorry about that. Uh, about what I was saying was three or four weeks ago, uh, people were super high on uh, Ottawa after they won a couple of games, um, and they were all excited. Now, all of a sudden, it's kind of turned around on full 360. These, these guys look like they're falling like a stone, and people are all of a sudden thinking, oh, well, maybe Edmund can turn things around here. So it's it's really come full circle in reality. Um, I like Trey Ford. I think, I mean, he's only, what, like Will said, four career starts. So I think we, before we pass judgment on whether he can get to the next level, I think we got to just see uh, where he goes from here. Now, we've seen guys before, quarterbacks come in, they'll have two or three good games, and then they'll collapse and disappear. Uh, and Trey Ford, Dustin Crum, there's a good example. Uh, so I got to think we got to wait and uh, stick it out and see what Trey Ford does from here. He certainly played very well the last three games, I think, and uh, he's showing improvement. Let's see where he can go from here. The Edmonton defense, where I thought all along this season that weren't too bad, they were just on the field too much, and that's why they gave up a lot of points. Uh, they're still playing well. Uh, Trey Ford's got the offense going pretty good, so they're 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 turning things around slowly. I mean, when you look at how bad this team looked about a month ago compared to now, it's like two different teams. And I think you could make the same argument in the opposite direction for Ottawa, who looked a month ago was looking pretty good, and now they look like uh, a disaster. So it's it's really a tale of two teams going in opposite directions. So. I'm very interested to see this week how, or the next two weeks, how Edmonton plays with Calgary, because neither one of those teams have played well up until now for the, um, for the, and they're, well, Calgary's lost. They didn't play too badly against Toronto. Edmonton beats Ottawa. Now they've beaten two teams, admittedly weak teams in Ottawa and Hamilton, but hey, they weren't beating the weak teams to start with this season. And, hey, we haven't really mentioned it too much. They finally broke their home winning losing streak. They finally got a win at home for the first time this decade. So uh, congratulations to them on that. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, a good win for Edmonton. Finally, their fans got to cheer for a win. So congrats to them. And I'm interested to see where, Ottawa, where these two teams go here because right now it looks like they're going in completely opposite directions. Okay, so Dustin Crum comes in, plays a couple of games, right? He's the, he's, he's the right. new starter. He's the new kid in the block. And then all of a sudden it, it, it 
like he can't do anything. Is this because the defensive coordinators around the league now have some film on him and now they can adapt to his playing style? And is this what's happening to this new quarterback? Is that, you know, he's really it's good. And nobody, knows what the hell, nobody knows what the hell he's doing. Is that's what's going to happen with Trey Ford? Trey Ford, you know, he's that's got three possible. starts under his belt too, you yep. know. Our our defensive coordinators now getting film on him and now going to be able to strategize against him. And is this going to shut down Edmonton? So, you know, is it the teams are going different directions or is it the, you know, the quarterbacks are just not what everybody thought they were? Well, that's what we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see now. The three games of film worth of Cray Ford, our team's going to start figuring them out. Calgary's got two chances in a row now to find that out. And we'll see if they're able to make adjustments and shut him down better than the other teams have. So that's actually a very valid question, and it's something we're going to want to look forward to in the upcoming weeks here. Yeah. Okay. So this was a final score of Edmonton Elks 30, Ottawa Red Blacks 20, total 50 points. Charles, you took Edmonton, you got 130. Will, you took Ottawa, you got 24. CJ took Edmonton, has got 138. Rudy took Edmonton with 132. Okay, so now, do, 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 just have to get this over here. Uh, so week 12 had CJ with the most points with 130, uh, 380. Rudy came in with 376. Charles with 354, and Willie down there at 164. So uh, the tally for the season has CJ still in the lead with. 3,758. Charles is uh, is 200 points back at uh, 350, 35.52. Uh, Rudy's another 100 100 points back at 130 or at, at three, ah, 34.70. And Willie's down there at 26.40. Okay, so that's where that is. Now we've got some exciting games coming up this week, and let's talk about them because, like, come on. This is just not like pick scores. Let's talk about these games because these are going to be exciting football games. we got the BC Lions going into Montreal, playing Cody Fajardo, Jason Moss in, in Montreal, and this game shouldn't even be close. But BC has just recently dropped two uh. fucking ostrich eggs uh, by losing to Saskatchewan and then Hamilton. Are they going to do the same thing to Montreal? Or are they going to say enough of this bullshit? And they're going to come out and smack Montreal around. Montreal only scored three points in their last game. They got two pick sixes, so it was a total of 17. But that was defense. So, yeah, great. Defense takes takes them to the house. But the offense did nothing. So is this could this be another BC shutout? No, I don't think so. Is Montreal going to be able to take BC? Ah, coin flip on this one. I don't know. I'm going to take the Lions, no doubt about it. Uh, BC's going to take this game, and they're going to do it handily. I'm going to go with 48 points on the on the total points score here. So BC, so let's go. Hang on, because uh, Sparky does this for me. He does. BC's going to uh, is three and a half point favorites uh, over under at 46.5. So I'm going on the overside at 48. And uh, Charles, what do you want to do here? Well, you know what? This has to be the game where they bounce back. They've had two lousy games the last two weeks against Saskatchewan and then against Hamilton. 
Hopefully that last one against Hamilton is a bit of a wake-up call. Hopefully they're angry after being embarrassed on their home field. And hopefully they can get their crap together and start um, uh, playing defensive football like they, so we saw earlier this season. Uh, I need. I think this is uh, one that uh, the Lions need to win this one totally. And uh, I think they are going to bounce back. I think their defense is going to be really um, – uh, they're going to be, uh, their defense is going to, uh, you know, wake Dominate. up a little bit and get back in this one. Uh, they got to get after Cody Fajardo. Fajardo has shown that he's not a starter. Uh, he was lousy last week against Winnipeg, and he can be shut down. And they shut the, the Alouettes down already once when we played a PC place uh, uh, back in, uh, I think it was late July, early August, something like that. And they beat them there, and I think they're going to beat them again here. The offense wasn't great last week, but they put up numbers that should have been good enough to win the game had the defense, uh, uh, well, other than the points, of course, but had the defense uh, maybe shut them down a little bit more, I think that could have been a different game. I think the Lions are bouncing back in this one. Uh, It's been two weeks in a row now. This team is too good to be losing to teams like Hamilton and Saskatchewan. I still think they're a very good football team, and I think they're going to show that this week. I think they're going to win in Montreal. I think they're going to have a convincing win. And I'll go with BC with uh, 44 points. Okay, 44 points. So the last time that BC and Montreal played was back in week five, which was July 9th. And uh, BC beat them 35-19. So that would have been a total of 54 points. Okay. okay. Just just sharing some data. Uh, Rudy. Rudy, you got to pick this. All right. Uh, this game scares me. Cause I, I, I want BC. I think BC is going to win this. But... The way they looked so out of sorts last week, and Montreal's not an easy place to But the Fiordo factor, I'm going to go with BC 42. Just because Fiordo looked so, so shitty last week that I think BC will win a low-scoring game. So you guys are both going under, and I've gone over. Okay, Willie. Okay, so just for the record, Charles, you weren't, I don't know if you were on it or not, but Will asked to go last on all of these games because he has to be able to catch up to us in, in the standings. So uh, I've, gra- I've granted him that. He's allowed to go last on this, and that's kind of why mm-hmm. I'm going to go first, um, just, so, just to help out there a little bit. Will, your turn. Uh, this is a hard game. This is a very hard game because – because teams don't play well in Montreal because there's too many distractions. And BC does have to travel all the way across Canada, right? And yep. they yep. didn't look great last they did they didn't look great last week. But I would I would I'm torn because I would pick Montreal if it was anybody but Cody Fajardo. Okay, because he's not a very he's not a very good quarterback. He's not a very good quarterback. But I did say last week 
that if BC lost to Hamilton, they should forfeit the rest of their games. And guess what happened? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I can't argue with you. Right. And, I mean, uh, you know what? And Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams looked great last week, and he's looked great most weeks, except the Toronto game or whatever game where he threw the five interceptions. But I'm talking myself out of this, and I've already talked myself into this. I'm going to go Montreal 47. 47. Wow. Okay. So you're going – that's the under, isn't it? (laughs) No, I I don't know what the under was. Yeah, the under oh forty six five. So yeah, you went you went over. Okay. You yeah. went over. Okay. So the next game is the uh, uh, Winnipeg Saskatchewan game, and uh, this this is they got Winnipeg by seven and a half points. The over under is forty seven and a half, one point more than the BC game. Uh, seven and a half point favorites, hey, and that's not the biggest spread this week. Uh, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. I Tough one. Saskatchewan plays Winnipeg hard in this game every time. They're going to have the fans behind them. Everything, it's the excitement. It's a... I can't pick Saskatchewan. I'm going with Winnipeg, and I'm going with 48 points. Okay? I, I just can't pick Saskatchewan. And, and And you know what? They might win. Who cares? I want them to win. I want Saskatchewan to win. I want Winnipeg to lose because I'm not afraid of Saskatchewan for BC for the rest of the season. But, you know, it would be nice for Winnipeg to lose some games. I just don't think it's going to be this one. Although this is a good opportunity. Charles, going to let you go. No, Rudy, you go on this one. Okay. Um, you know what? Winnipeg will win this game a close one. I think it'll be another three point game. Oh I'll say weather's gonna be nice. I'll say Winnipeg fifty five. Okay. And Charles. Yeah, I don't like Saskatchewan still. I know they beat us a few weeks ago. They got away with one because they were they were on the ropes towards the end of that game, and they were fortunate the Lions didn't have a lot more time. But honestly, I just can't see Saskatchewan going into Winnipeg and beating Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg wins this one. So I oh, the think game, they win game's this in one. Regina. The game's in Regina. No, it isn't. Yes, it yes, is. Labor Andrew Day. Ball. Yes, it is. Labor Day. <laughs> yes, it is. This oh, it's in Regina. Why am I so, well, I'm thinking it's in Winnipeg. Sorry, my mistake. No, but no, um, no. Uh, I don't care. If, if it was Winnipeg, win it it would be, there, there wouldn't be a hope in it, right? Winnipeg yeah, is going to okay. win this I in Winnipeg. Think, yeah. Winnipeg's going to win this in Saskatchewan, too, I think. Honestly, I think they're a better team. And, yeah, I don't see a let up here. I think Winnipeg wins this one. Uh, Winnipeg 42. Uh, no, I'm going to say Winnipeg 54, 53 points. Winnipeg 53. Okay, Willie. You know, Charles. Thanks for the advice because I was sitting here thinking that no, Saskatchewan's a way better team than Winnipeg. Okay. 
kind of stated the obvious. You kind of well, stated yeah. the obvious, Charles. Or what if that gives a better team? I Saskatchewan. wasn't telling anyone something they didn't already know. This is easy. This is easy. Winnipeg, 62. So you're going for the po- points over, the over on the points here. Okay. So this game here is the dangerous one, in my opinion. This is the Toronto Argonauts are going down the road to Hamilton to play the Ticats. Now, these are the Ticats that just spanked the Lions. Toronto is due for another loss. And uh, I think they're in a little bit of an arrogant mode right now. And I I, I don't know. I think Hamilton's going to take this one. So I am going to go with the Ticats. And I'm going to go with 48 points. And I think this... uh, Powell. What's his first name? Taylor. Taylor. Powell. Taylor Powell. Taylor Powell is a uh, is. Oh God! I, I I I see nothing in him. I see absolutely nothing in Taylor Powell, and yet he beat the Lions. So I'm going to take Hamilton, 48 points. This is going to be a little bit weird. Charles, I'll let you go next, and uh, you're going to take Toronto. You're going to take Hamilton. What you going to do? Uh, Hamilton benefited last year from a last week from a flat BC team that took them too lightly. I can't see it happening two weeks in a row. Taylor Powell is not a good quarterback. They can't rely on on um, Judge uh, James Butler on its on its own. Their defense is okay, but it's susceptible. Toronto is not great, but they're good enough to beat um, Hamilton, even if they have a little bit of a hot, uh, an off day. That win by Hamilton last week, did that mirage did not fool me one bit. I think Toronto wins this one. I think they win it probably fairly convincingly. I don't care if it's in Hamilton. That's how I see it happening. And, yeah, I'm going to go Toronto 56 points. Toronto 56 points. Okay, and Rudy. Oh, so hang on, hang on, hang on before we do this. This is the biggest spread. This is Toronto by 8.5 points. It's uh, also the biggest uh, over-under at 49.5 points. So they're, they're really expecting a Toronto slaughter of Hamilton. And, in fact, on the Pick'em trends, this is the highest Pick'em Toronto at 83%. Hamilton is only 17. So, uh, Rudy, you go ahead there. Oh, boy. You know what? I think Hamilton's going to pull the upset here. So, I, and that, that's a juicy, juicy spread to, for all the out there. That's, uh, I mean, I'm going to be looking at that later on. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Hamilton. Hamilton. 45. So you're going under. Yeah. Okay. I actually went under with the 48 as well. But um, Charles went over at 56. Uh, William, so you got Rudy and myself taking Hamilton. You've got Charles taking Toronto. Where are you going to go? You see, me going last makes makes my decisions much easier, too. 
Um, you know what? I, I I don't I don't think Toronto's as good as they seem to be with the record they have. But Hamilton with that Powell guy is horrible. Okay, so I I it's, this is a no brainer for me. Toronto, but I'm only gonna go. Let's see. Uh, let's go 45. Okay, so you, you're going. You, that's the same points as what Rudy got, but you, you went with different teams. Okay, we'll yeah. let that go. Yeah. Uh, and the final game is the Battle of Alberta, with Edmonton going down to play Calgary. The Stamps in McMahon, and uh, this is an interesting game. I am going to um, Edmonton's on a two-game win streak. Calgary's on a two-game losing streak, and I think that it's going to be Edmonton. I'm going to take the Elks. I am going to take the Elks just so Willie can have his Calgary team because he's going to pick Calgary. I'm going to take Edmonton 48 points now. Just because, I, I'll go back to Sparky's little pick here. Uh, this ca- is the lowest point, no, the second lowest point spread at, at 5.5. What just happened? Okay, that's better. 5.5. I don't know what. Under a 46. Oh, my, my screen just went blank. Uh, oh. 40, 46.5. And... Uh, Actually, uh, a woman popped up onto it breastfeeding, so I have no idea how that or why that would have happened. It's just kind of, kind of okay. went bizarre, and I just uh, you have to stay it, off those channels. I know, but it's uh, it's kind of weird. You just it's, uh, that's not something that does anything for me. Okay, five point five in the over under at forty six five. I'm taking Edmonton at forty eight. I'm going on the over side of things, and I am taking the underdog. Charles, what do you want to do? Honestly, I've picked Edmonton the last two weeks, and I've gotten it right. Uh, but you know what? I'm sorry. I want to pick them the third week in a row. But Edmonton always struggles in Calgary on Labor Day. Uh, I don't know what it is, uh, but the Calgary always seems to have a much better game in the first half of this, I guess, being at home and whatnot. Uh, but for whatever reason, the Eskimo, or sorry, the Elks, I still do that from time to time. Okay, um, we all do. Yeah, the Elks, if they struggle in Labor Day, they're kind of due for a little comeback to earth, I think. Um, I think it still might be pretty close, but something tells me Calgary is going to win this game, so I'm going to go with Calgary to win it. Uh, Calgary, I think, 40, 41 points. So we either have a new leader next week in the polls, or CJ has put some distance between him and Charles. Okay. Mhm. Because we we're we're opposite on two games here. We picked yeah. We could split it, and 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 the status quo would be the same. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Uh, I'm going to let Rudy go next, so William can take the rear. Uh, Rudy. You know what? Calgary's going to put it together next week at home. 
they don't want to lose. I think Edmonton's going to come back down to earth a little bit. I think they're going to fill him on Ford. I think Calgary will do a good job on him. So that's my that's my thought behind taking Calgary and forty nine. That's a number we don't hear often. We don't usually get a forty nine. In fact, I could probably go back through the cheat sheet, and I don't know if we've had a 49. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rudy picked Toronto for 49 in week five. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> beside the point. Uh, William, I took Edmonton. The other two took Calgary. Yep. Uh, you know I'm not going to take Edmonton. So I do. Um, I'm going to say Calgary. Uh, Calgary 52. You're going over. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And that 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 game scares me the most out of all of them. So to be honest, it's, what, because it's it's a typical Labor Day game. It doesn't matter what the records are. <coughs> they hate each other's guts. Okay, and it's a crapshoot as far as who's going to win. But three of the so. four games are like that. I mean, Winnipeg's record in Saskatchewan on Labor Day sucks. Absolutely sucks. The well, Riders win yeah, this game it, it, every, it, you know, four to did, one. It did it did suck up until around 2019, 2020, 20. I can't yeah, remember, yeah. Rudy. You, you, you fill me in. But, um, uh, see, I'm only, I'm, only really from, I'm only really familiar with two rivalries, the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan and the Calgary-Edmonton. And uh, – it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter. I, but, you know. Yeah. The other one is Toronto and Hamilton. And in Hamilton, Hamilton has been playing good football the last little bit, even despite their quarterback. And Toronto's arrogant and overrated. You know, it, it, these games are not that easy to pick. I mean, we did. We all we all made our picks, but they're not that. You know, there's no blowouts here. I'm not seeing any blowouts. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means that it, there's not an obvious winner here. I'd like to say the BC Montreal game is an obvious BC win, but it, I would have said that against Saskatchewan and Hamilton too. I don't know. I'm going to put these scores in the drawer and we're going to go from there because I don't know. Write them down, Sparky. Let's let's see what happens, okay? So now, let's go over to our agenda. We literally only have 25 minutes left in the show, so <laughs> this is kind of easy. Uh, I want to talk about the Edmonton Elks for a minute. Uh, I've uh, I had an article come up today that the Washington Commanders had changed their name back to the Washington Redskins. And I went looking for confirmation on that. 
And I got an article from the owner of the Washington Commanders, and he he's and I quote: "There's not a hope in hell I'm changing the name back." So I didn't find an article that confirmed that the name had been changed back. I did find a lot of articles about these uh, this uh, Native American group that is petitioning the team to change their name back to Redskins saying that, you know, that you're, you're taking things away from the, the native population and yada, yada, yada. So then uh, it, there's a lot of articles about them being fake Indians. And, and, uh, and, and then the, uh, the leader of this group turned around and said that we're all members. We all have status members of different reservations or different bands across the America that we're not focused in one area, one state. Uh, that it's nationwide, that uh, nationwide natives are offended by ha- the name being changed. Uh, to me, Redskins is a very derogatory term. Uh, it, it definitely is, always has been. But if they want to use it, they they want to use it. Now, if the Washington Redskins changed their name back, did the, did the Cleveland Indians change their name too? Yes, they did. Okay. Uh, if these teams start changing their name back because of pressure, is, are, are the Ed, Edmonton Elks going to go back to the Eskimos, or is Canada too apathetic on this situation and that's just not going to happen? I don't know. I just wanted to bring that to your attention that there is there, there is a, a movement out there to uh, go to counter this wokeness, and uh, I you, you know what. I have a hard problem promoting this. I, I you know, if, if the Chicago Blackhawks had to change their name, I really don't think there's anything the matter with the the word Blackhawks, the Atlanta Braves. That's not a bad one. Kansas City Chiefs. That's not a bad one. I, I mean, yeah, they're they're all pointing towards uh, Native Americans, but they're not a derogatory name by any stretch of the means. Uh, Washington Redskins. I wouldn't have bought that one at all. Um, that's not a good one. The Cleveland Indians, I'm a little iffy on that one because, you know, everybody says you can't call them Indians. They're not Indians. They're not this and that and everything else. But if you go around and you look at it, the, 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 the Indian band that's right beside us or the native of indigenous people, whatever you want to call them, ooh, don't say anything bad. Uh, their name, their legal name is the Lower Nicola Indian Band. And if they had a problem with the word Indian, they would change the name, their own name. You know, if I didn't like the name Christopher, I was offended by it, I would change it. Okay? I would change it. I kind of like the name. That's why I don't go by Chris, because Chris is a girl's name, and I don't like that. So it's Christopher. So um, if they didn't like being called Indians, they shouldn't have it in their name. Personally, that's that's, that's my opinion, right? I mean, it, 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 it's obviously their opinion. They're not having a problems with it. They don't say, well, you've got to call us indigenous people. Well, then why do you have a name, it, you know, Indians in your name? It's L-N-I-B, Lower Nicola Indian Band. And every Indian band around here is whether it's Coldwater Indian Band, the Upper Nicola Indian Band. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. They all use the word Indian in their name. Change it. You don't like it? Change it. So they're not offended by that name. So I, I don't think the Cleveland Indians needed to change their name, but the Washington Redskins, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of my rant that should have been at the beginning of the show, but it's now. now. So we're just going to go on and kind of move on a little bit on that. Can the Elks rally and still make a run at the playoffs? 
This is a TSN article, and with the losing streak behind them, they lost nine games in a row. They've now won two. They won two, won it on the road in Ottawa, I believe it was, and then they won another one in, uh, no, I think they won on, in Hamilton on the road and then won, and then Ottawa at home. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they beat. <laughs> Shitty teams out there. But has is Edmonton turned a corner? Do they now ramping up? And it comes back down to did they nobody had film on Trey Ford and yada 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 yada. I think they're they're going to make a run for the playoffs. I've always been confident that since the beginning of the season, I always said that Edmonton is going to be the number two, number three team in the Western Division, and I haven't changed my mind. William, you don't like the Elks. You don't like the Edmonton team, whether they're the Eskimos or the Elks. You know, be, before but, before I say that, before I tell you about that, I need to talk to you about your rant a little bit. Um, I, uh, I, I'm I not an easily offended guy ever, okay? I believe yeah. anybody can say whatever they want to say. There's really two words. There's only two words ever that have offended me. And the first one is the N-word, which I think is disgusting. And the second word is the C-word that my wife doesn't let me use ever because she'll kill me. Those are the only two words I'm offended by. I believe that you're only offended by words if you want to be, okay? And I think it's ridiculous that we've changed those names over the past two or three years. Anyways, um, as far as Edmonton goes, uh, you know what? I, I think I think I think the next two games will be big for them. Yes. If they can get through Calgary or if they can split Calgary, then I think they're gonna they're gonna push hard. Um I'm uh I'm still I, I, I do I think they have a good defense and I just don't think their defense has completely gelled yet. And I still think they're going to be hard. And so I'm going to say, yeah, they have turned the corner. and We'll see what happens. But, I mean, you know what? Every team in the CFL, I think, sorry, Calgary, their only goal is to get better every game, okay? And I think they've shown that a little bit. And maybe they'll be better against Edmonton. Um, I... uh, We'll see. We'll see. I, but I think they have turned the corner. Whether whether they make the playoffs or not, I think it's going to go up from here. So, you know, I honestly think they're going to make the playoffs, whether it's in a crossover position or not. I honestly think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, it's just whether or not it's Saskatchewan or Calgary above them. You know, I, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. One of those teams is going to falter really badly, Saskatchewan or Calgary. Well, Calgary's already, they've lost, what, four in a row? Or, well, they've lost four or five out of six, so. Yeah, but then so so Saskatchewan. They haven't, they they came out gangbusters, and what were they, 3-0, 4-0, and then they won one game in the last nine? You know, no, it's, it's kind of weird. 
You know, I, I, the, the game against BC was a fluke. I, I honestly did, had no idea that Saskatchewan was going to win that one. I honestly think they're only going to win one more game this, this season, and it's going to be against Hamilton. So they're going to end up 6-14. Six and, six and 14, No, 6-12 and 12 on the season, which is uh, one game better than they were last year. That could get them a crossover in the East, though. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think six and twelve is going to get you a crossover, but it, it, it could. Well, well, here's the issue. Well, my issue is if Hamilton wins a few games, right? They win a game or two, but then they're tired. Then Ottawa beats them. They're going to basically going to keep themselves at the five, six, maybe seven win mark. Seven win mark top. I think you're not going to see Hamilton or Ottawa get over seven wins. No, I don't. So any any team in the West with eight teams, eight wins is going to get you a crossover position. Yeah. Okay. Can Edmonton sure. win six out of the last nine games? Or or eight games. I don't know. I don't think they can, but we'll see what happens. Charles. Well, I mean, they've got some good momentum going now. I mean, they do have to play BC one more time, who shot yeah. them out twice. They've got to play. Do they have any more games in Winnipeg? Uh, do, 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 do. I, I'm there. I just is this website just doesn't answer. Do they have any games with Winnipeg or do they have any games with Toronto? Edmonton for the rest of the season plays two against Calgary right now, which we know about. And then they play Saskatchewan, then they play BC, then they play a bye, and then they play Toronto, and then they play Montreal, and then they're playing Winnipeg, and then they have a buy. They have a buy in week 21 with BC. Okay, so let's see here. They, they have so Winnipeg, BC, got, and Toronto. They play the big three. And they have how many games left total? Uh, they currently have played 11, so they've got seven games left. They've got seven games left. So, so they could win four. Let's say they go four and three. Let's just play devil's advocate, say the, the big three, they lose to them, and then they yeah. win the other three, four and three. So that puts them to six and 12. Yeah. I think to really get them guaranteed for a playoff, they got to up- upset one of the three. Oh, 100%. Because I, I don't know if six and 12 gets you into the playoffs. It probably doesn't. But, it, I mean, it could. It's theoretically possible. But to really give them a good shot at the playoff, they got to upset um, one of the one of the uh, the top three teams. I don't want to think about which one they're going to upset. But um, yeah, honestly, uh, I think it's a uh, they've got a shot at it. I mean, I don't think many people, even a couple of weeks ago, would say that they really felt that the Elks had a shot at the playoffs. But I got to say, they've at least got a. Uh, a decent shot. 
I don't know if they'll make it or not, but they have a, definitely have a shot. Well, Hamilton is four and six right now, and I don't know if they're going to win another game. Uh, Ottawa yeah. is well, Ottawa's three and eight, and if they win a couple, I'd be surprised. So if yeah. Edmonton, if Edmonton gets six, that's a crossover. Hmm. Granted, seven would be better. Yep. Now, Saskatchewan has one more game against Hamilton. They're currently at five. They're probably going to end up with six wins on the season. Is Calgary going to win three or four? If they, they would have to win four more games to get ahead of Saskatchewan. So, you know, Edmonton and Calgary, if they seriously want to be in the playoffs, they need to have 11 or seven wins. That means Edmonton needs to win five more. Toronto, Calgary needs to win four more. And they have two games against each other. Hmm. So, I, I, I don't know if I see Calgary and Edmonton both surpassing Saskatchewan, but I can see one of them. But that's embarrassing. If Saskatchewan makes the crossover into the East, and the East will destroy them like 64 nothing. And, yeah. and then everybody over there will say, yeah, see, the West isn't such a tough division after all. <laughs> yeah, they always forget, though, that their second-place teams in the East are, are like 8 and 10, and they shouldn't be hosting. They should be They're like a 500 team. They are, right? Montreal right now is six and four. They have one of the worst points against. Okay. Um, Willie went on this one. Rudy, what do you think? Are you thinking the Alks are going to be able to rally for the playoffs or no? No, we've gone over. We've gone over the numbers. Yeah, they're too far behind. They're too far behind. I think Calgary on Monday they're, and that'll be it. They're one game behind Calgary. If they take both games away from Calgary, they they're they're going to do it. Whoever, has, yeah, I mean, either team has to sweep that series for for any of them that have a hope in the playoffs. If someone sweeps that, then absolutely, then they're they're in the. They're in the thick of things. They're definitely in the playoff race. Because that'll put, a, put them definitely one game up over anybody in the East, almost almost in second place. Okay, so we're we're rocking around here. Let's continue on. Mass, Ma, Jason Mass, Mass, Moss. Moss. Jason. Why am I having problems with that tonight? I know who, what his name is. Jason Moss says there is zero chance the Alouettes make the quarterback change. Is this the right call? Zero chance. Um, I don't know who their quarterback was. We, I know it's Caleb Pajardo. Oh, Caleb Evans, right. And, and he actually yep. won a game. I think he won two. When Cody was out. So, yeah. why... Why would you not make that change? 
You had a pair of wins over one over Saskatchewan, one over Ottawa. Um, neither one of those are, are, are powerhouses, but you're going to play BC. I, I'm happy Cody's in there. I'm ecstatic Cody Fajardo is in there. Uh, that almost guarantees a BC win. So, uh, I, I, I don't know whether it's arrogance or stubbornness or why would a coach actually say that? Because if I was to put Cody Fajardo in there in this game against Montreal, Montreal against BC, I would have him on such a short leash. It would be ridiculous. I would wank him in the first five minutes if he does stupid things, which is going to happen because it's Cody Fajardo. Yeah, no, I, I zero chance. I don't know. William, give me some wisdom on this. Well, <laughs> you know what I think of Cody Fajardo. Same thing we all do. But, but is Caleb Evans that much better? You go with the guy who's got experience. And and I would think, if anything, Jason Moss probably knows quarterbacks, okay? Because he used to be a quarterback. Um, I, I mean, making a statement like that, Maybe he's saying that, and in the back of his mind, he's saying, hopefully Cody will get hurt like he does, and and then I don't have to worry about it. But, I mean, maybe he also said that to give Cody a boost of confidence before this weekend. So, if if Cody knows he's going to be the guy, because if you remember correctly, remember what kind of a suck-ass he was last year when Saskatchewan benched him the last two games of the year. All you got was that mouth flapping nonstop, okay? Showed you what kind of a real teammate he's not. So, I don't know, maybe Jason Moss is playing some games, some head games. But, hey, I I, I don't think regardless of who is the quarterback, I, I... I, 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 Montreal, I don't think they're going that far. So, you know, but maybe did it to give Cody confidence. That's the only thing I can think of. Go ahead. Okay. Charles. I guess uh, I kind of have to I mean, pick up the pace here. i got to watch this, this show. we only got six minutes left. Go ahead. I mean, really, I mean, we talk, we talk in, in other sports and whatnot about riding the guy with the hot hand. And I'm sorry, that's not Cody Fajardo right now. He had two wins with uh, Caleb Evans. Cody Fajardo gets healthy, doesn't even throw a touchdown pass, doesn't lead his team into the end zone once. But let's start him again. I'm happy about that. They're playing the Lions this week. But, I mean... If it, you want, as a coach, you want to give your team the best chance to win. Are you really doing that by giving it to Cody Fajardo? Forget about giving Cody Fajardo confidence. He's a professional football player. If he's not getting it done, get someone in there that can. 
and Caleb Evans won two games in a row. Uh, Cody Fajardo came back and laid an egg. So why not go back to Caleb Evans? Let Cody Fajardo sit. Maybe he'll uh, light a fire underneath him or something like that. But, I mean, you come in, you, 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 you do nothing for a game. But, oh, let's go right back with him. I don't know. To me, I would go back with Evans because I think he gives you the better chance to win. I've never been a Cody Fajardo fan. I'm still not a Cody Fajardo fan. Okay. So what happened to the age-old rule that says you do not lose your position to injury? He's not losing it to injury. He came back. He played, but he played lousy, so they put the other guy back in. They let mm-hmm. him play. He, they gave him a shot. So uh, he had his shot. He did nothing with it. Go back to the other guy. You're not yeah. losing it to an injury. You're, you're losing it to, to bad play. Well, you're, you're off on an injury, and you come back, and your first game back is – you know, your timing's off, and you're not quite there. You're not 100%. You're still kind of in, in the injured mode, are you not? Uh, I, I've seen lots of quarterbacks come back and just pick up where you left off. Yeah, and we've also seen a lot of struggle coming back, too. Oh, fair enough. I mean, we, we watched Travis Lule. He struggled yeah, I don't back off, coming back I don't off the injury. I don't think Caleb Evans is the answer either. Like I don't, I don't, don't think it really matters who you start. There's not a lot of fucking answers in the CFL right now. Okay, you go straight across the board, and I can name five teams that don't have a fucking quarterback. Never mind a backup. So, yeah. William, do you have anything to say about Cody, or did you? You already did that, didn't you? Okay, let's move on. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers can clinch a playoff spot. We've already done that with the Riders over that. Nathan Rourke, we're not re- really even going to talk about that right now. Uh, Chris Jones sees shades of Mike Riley in Red Blacks quarterback Dustin Crump. Wow. I don't know what he's smoking. But I, uh, I, I, I just don't, right? I mean. You're talking about one of the top three quarterbacks in the last decade or more in the CFL, and and Dustin Crum sees shades of him. Well, okay, I mean he's, they're both white guys. Uh, is, is is that what we're talking about here? And am I right? Is Dustin Crum a white guy? Because I don't I don't remember seeing him. So, uh, I don't know. Okay, we got no time left. The only last thing I'm going to say here is that uh, with, with great, yeah, with uh, great sadness, I, we have to announce the uh, passing of a uh, great CFL coach, Rick Stubler. Uh, he was only 74 years old, uh, although he was morbidly obese. So, um, but uh, great defensive mind, uh, a wonderful man to be with, uh, great person to talk to. Uh, it, the league is a lesser place because of it. Uh, one minute left in the thing. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode episode number 545. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. It's been fun. It's a slice. We ran out of time. I stayed awake. Everything is wonderful. Uh, we're going to go around the board. Rudy, say goodnight. Good night, everyone. Happy Labor Day. Enjoy the game. Yeah, safe travels to you going to Regina. Charles, yeah. say goodnight. Thank you. 
Good night, everyone. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Oops. There you go, Captain Obvious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> William. Oh, Lordy. Good night, everybody. Um, the worst thing about the Labor Day weekend is you don't get to watch football till Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do Friday night or Saturday night. But oh, No, there's a game Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night, the Lions oh, are playing. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking BC, about. Friday night. BC and Montreal is Saturday. No, that's, not, yeah. that's not really a game because Montreal's going to win. Go!